What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the 11th episode of Backyard Footy with your host, Hugh Roberts, where each episode I dive into the latest journeys and experiences of professional athletes. Backyard Footy is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. I have my featured guests here with me, James Chambers, Santi Mar, Chris Nanko, and Marcus Epps. A little background on us. So we all played with the Bethlehem Steel last year together. It was Nanko and Santi's first year in the league, but we all bonded really well from the start. I was in preseason with Nanko last year, and he was undecided on if he's going to sign or not. I remember riding bikes with him. Now look how he is balling and stuff, so I couldn't be happy for him. He was also my roommate on most away trips, so you know he had great memories. <laughs> Santi actually met up with him in Spain this past offseason. We went to a Real Madrid soccer game. He showed me a great time, authentic Spanish food, and it's crazy what this game can do worldwide when you meet connections, connections and meet friends and stuff. So it was an honor to have Santi show me around and stuff, and we've been boys ever since. So. Next, I have James Chambers. James and I actually battled since when I was in Richmond. That was the Steel's first year. And I remember we went to a tackle together, and he was like, ah, big man, you got lucky. <laughs> then we both laughed, and we've been boys ever since, but I always wanted to know his journey, and it's just funny where life takes you. We played with a year, a year together last year, and now here I am getting to know his journey. And then last but not least, Marcus. I lived in the city last year, and Marcus lived in the city too. Actually, only me and James lived in the city on the Steel. Everybody else lived in King of Prussia, which is like 30 minutes outside the city, but... I hang with uh, all the rookies on the team, Marcus especially, and he played with the Steel for a good amount last year, and he was traveling with us, and we bonded real well. So without further ado, I welcome my guests. What's up, fellas? How's what's up, what's up? How's up? How's up? How's up? How's up? How's How's up? How we doing? How was nice. the drive in? Long. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not bad. Though. How long was the drive? About five hours? Yeah, around there, yeah. four and a half. Four and a half, five hours. Yeah. How's Philly been treating y'all? See you guys still go to Sips. <laughs> <laughs> of course, all the time. We try to get out there, you know. As mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have all played here before, right? You played you play here last year, Marcus? Uh, I played here at PDL. It's been yeah, a while. I didn't gosh, play here last year. Last year. So, but you guys played here last year, yeah. right? So yeah, we came. I remember it was a hectic game. How do you guys kind of prepare for this game now that you guys have like a year under your belt here in Pittsburgh? It's not an easy environment, especially yeah. with this turf. So. I mean, yeah, you know it's turf, you know, beside what, a railroad track, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember that from last year. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, you get used to the turf environment as you go around the USL. Right. No, a lot of other teams have it. So. Right. So how's your season got going for you guys? The steel in your eyes. How do you guys think you guys been doing? A lot so of up, ups and downs. Yeah. Some good months, some bad months. Yeah. But at the, at the end, I mean... Everything evens out, and as long as we get the points to get to the playoffs, I think it's going to be a good season mm -hmm. at the end. So. What about for you guys? How do you think the season's been going, especially yeah. for you, James, over the years? Well, I think it's been all right. Obviously, we've got an awful lot more games played at this stage than, than teams below us. I think 
I think we've been consistent in our performances. Maybe at the start of the season, we didn't we didn't get as as many points as we deserved, mm-hmm. and probably the month of July has has driven us a little bit. I think we were extremely poor for the month of July performance wise. So we're just focused on the next the next couple of weeks and and making sure that we stay above that that yeah. big fat line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. What about for you, Marcus, with the union stuff? You guys are balling, kind of. Yeah, heaven. man. It's been it's been uh it's been uh, amazing, bro. Honestly, you know, last year was much different than this mm-hmm. year. You know, the guys mm-hmm. are rolling playing good soccer and got good support right now so mm-hmm. it's been special man to be with both teams you know because right, right. Uh, you're in fifth place right now mm-hmm. and then uh, still with fifth place right six, now six, six right, right now yeah, but you know being above the line before before mm-hmm. time's up is always important you know, so it's been a good experience what's some of the differences in terms of the organization from last year to this year I think we pretty much keep the same uh, routines same same things. I don't know. Is the locker room different or anything? I mean, you guys obviously are having some more success now, and there's a new GM coming in and stuff like that. So, you feel like there's been a shift in the culture a little bit? Yeah, I say speaking from you know, like uh, being in the first team locker room, it's it's been a a, a shift. You know, like yeah. uh, the guys usually stay positive a lot. You know, but mm-hmm. to to get the results going your way, and then you know, new GM and whole bunch of new. Uh, environments you know it's been it's been good man it's mm-hmm. been good who up you guys on the steel i think uh comparing it my first year to my second year i think that the group that we have this year is more uh we get together uh we get along more uh it's more closely you know cl- close together um comparing it to last year uh, and i think that helps on the field as well Definitely. so uh yeah, I think I think that that that's the main thing for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's different for you boys as well, which which are second year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you come in as as a rookie into an environment, and especially with the way yeah the the whole the whole program is, mm-hmm. and and the way the way we want to develop it and stuff like that is when you're a second year pro, you're an experienced lad to the academy yeah, kids exactly. and to the guys coming out of college. So. Mm-hmm. The boys might not know it, but they have an awful lot of experience mm-hmm. for for what we are as a team, you right. know. Yeah. Right, I agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, going off of that, it's like our second year, and we're already having to take like a leadership role. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So you that's, can drink that all day, baby. Yeah, it's, a good, <laughs> it's a good way to learn. It's a good yeah, way to learn. So, yeah. Maybe it's for us that it's our second year. It's a little yeah. bit easier, and we already know what what to expect about the team and yeah. and the organization, and and you know the the teammates as well. So. I think this year has been a little easier in terms of the locker room and yeah. definitely, definitely. But I mean, pretty much the same culture. Uh, we know we are a, a second team, mm-hmm. affiliated from the union, so uh, we embrace that single every opportunity that we we get to to develop. Yeah. So would you guys say Brendan Burke, who's the Bethlehem Steel coach, has a little more control now? You guys are going to a transition with the new GM, so. You know, we we're talking about that a little earlier before we started the show. But do you guys feel like they have a little bit more control? I feel like uh, he has. I think yeah. Comparing this to last year, I think he has a little bit more control right now as they're making that transition with the GMs. Mm-hmm. I think that um, uh, yeah, just because like uh, Ernie has moved to the the national team and there's just that little that little gap in space between Ernie and our new GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brennan's uh, given, I think, me a lot more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think he, I've gotten more minutes uh, in this little little window. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's helped me in my game and stuff like that. So uh, that's how it is from my perspective. Mm-hmm. 
What about for you, Marcus, for the first team? How do you feel? And Jim's kind of changed and shifting to the culture now that you guys. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's uh, it's been like more, uh, you know, more personality in the group, especially coming, you know, with uh, without a new, without our GM, you know, with the mm-hmm. shift, like Ernie leaving and, and the new one coming in. It's you know, the guys are really trying to put their stamp, mm-hmm. you know, on the team. I think you can see that with uh, Jim's coaching. You know, it's, it's more, um, it's more outward, more you know more passionate and stuff so it's it's been good you know for the group mm-hmm. for uh, for everyone I can't speak for the steel like you know, Brendan but seeing Brendan and being with a few games with Brendan seems like it's the same way you know mm-hmm. so it's been good for for our for both teams honestly so you guys kind of touched on it earlier but for you three especially you know you're coming to your second year with a year under your belt how does that transition I've been watching you guys throughout this year as well and I can tell you guys are playing with a lot more confidence now in comparison to last year I mean I train with you guys every single day but I've been watching your games for the most part every single year, and I can just see the confidence on the field. So with the year under your belt now as professionals, how has that helped your confidence going into this year? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah. Man, it's just like night and day, honestly. You yeah, know, yeah. First year, I feel like kind of like treading on needles. You don't want to like step on yeah, toes. You yeah, don't want to yeah. mess up. You don't want to mess up, yeah. And yeah. I think like the second year now, like obviously the coaches see more like the coaches see more in you uh they yeah. know what you're capable of and whatnot they know and they uh they want us to take that leadership role so that gives us more confidence mm-hmm. and stuff to go out there and do what we know to do mm-hmm. uh i think me making the transition from college to my first year of professional like i was still working on there were still things i needed to work on like my my first touch all that mm-hmm. stuff kind of thing and i think i was able to do that in the first year and now in the second year it's much better so mm-hmm. that that's been helping out yeah. it takes some use some time getting used to the speed of the play too I yeah, remember coming yeah, here my yeah. rookie year my, it took me probably three months just to yeah. get a hold of the game it was yeah. fast too yeah. and then like you said once you get a year under your belt mm-hmm. and I've, I've even noticed the differences we've all had from outside the league so yeah. yeah good for you guys so how does the union sending down MLS guys kind of I wouldn't say mess with the chemistry but just affect you guys in the steel mm, not not only no. I don't know. <laughs> 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 hey, 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 yo, yo, is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got three fingers on the camera. <laughs> that, that's that's it. Yeah, you can be honest. Yeah, you know what we used to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey. I hate that man. Hugh, you are you are a very good interviewer because you know exactly the questions you are asking. Sometimes the the person the people I don't know how to lie, so that's why uh, <laughs> it's a tough it's a tough answer. It's a tough answer. No, but to be honest, being honest right now, uh, I think. It, in a lot of times, it helps us mm-hmm. because we are a, a short group of guys. Mm-hmm. A short, we have a, ro- a short roster, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for for guys that come down, uh, we wouldn't be able to right. to, win right. games. To, to win games. Exactly. <laughs> so we, it's it's essential for us that we we, we bring, uh, for example, Jake or John right. that uh, in the goalkeeper position they came down. Uh, Marcus, Fabian, uh, mm-hmm. people on top. We we need uh, even Derek Jones in the mm-hmm. midfield. He came a lot of games with us, so I think we need that uh, with yeah. in the roster yeah. to to be able to be at the position we are. Obviously, yeah. when you when you are a, a, a player in the second team, sometimes it's uh, easier to to put uh, players that don't belong to the first team mm-hmm. in the bench, mm-hmm. and and that's I mean that's how it is. But mm-hmm. uh, you know in in 
it happens in other in other organizations, yeah. other clubs. I'm I'm seeing Real Madrid right now. Mm -hmm. uh, they are sending Vinicius, mm -hmm. the Brazilian kid, down, and he's mm -hmm. playing every minute with the That's B true. team. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure the guys from the Real Madrid B, right. they don't they don't like that, yeah. but yeah. they have to accept it yeah. because it's it's how yeah. the organization works. And I mean, the moment we signed with the Bethlehem Steel, we knew this yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. a situation. I mean, uh, we understand it yeah. at this point. This is our second year already, so we we understand how that works. Yeah, I think it also like it helps instill in your head that like every chance you get, you have to you have to take mm -hmm. that take that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, uh, every minute counts. And I think also like with Marcus like coming down, he knows like if he's coming down here, he knows that he has to perform good here before mm -hmm. he can go back mm -hmm. up and mm -hmm. get his opportunity with the first team again mm -hmm. and just like with him coming down it's like the, the better he do he does there the more minutes he's going to get mm -hmm. up there and um you know i think as an organization we all want to see the organization do well so we're all on the same page just keep playing and 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 show well for the organization mm -hmm. I, I just think it's like if if you're a player when when you come down and you're affected by it and it you're not playing and it doesn't affect you then then you're in the wrong spot very true though. you're in the wrong very spot true. so so if they're not getting pissed off about things well then they need to go and do yeah, something else yeah, you know and that. that's understandable but like like we keep saying to Manx and Santi and the other guys is when they get minutes that they're valuable minutes mm -hmm. you know you got to make make the most of them mm -hmm. make sure that you make an impact if it's if it's six minutes if it's 60 minutes it's all about making an impact mm -hmm. what about for you Marcus like how is it for the MLS guys that yeah. have come down I me, mean, obviously you know you have to get minutes in. Like Nico's kind of explaining, but from your standpoint, most of the MLS guys, what's it like knowing you have to come down for a weekend to the USL? Definitely, yeah. You know, I, I think it's um, you know, two sides. You know, obviously everyone wants to be getting minutes with the mm -hmm. first team and mm -hmm. and be helping the the group in that that perspective. But like the guy said, like you get your chance, it's like it's limited. And if right. you get it, you have to perform. And then if yeah. if you don't get your chance. Um, coming down is another opportunity to get minutes to right. like show you know so right. um, I think like how Chambo said you know if you're not getting upset then you're not really pushing to be where you are you know Yeah. but also if you're not taking that seriously and, and using that opportunity then you're not you're not you know taking it serious as well so for me personally I, I'm starting to enjoy it you know first year it was rough you know second year beginning of the year you know it was kind of rough but once you look at it, once you take that mindset and look at it as minutes, you know, mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. like um, reps and actions to, to perfect what you're trying to do, then it's, it becomes very helpful, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, at the end of the day, it's, what, it's how you look at it, you know, what mm -hmm. you use it for, so. Kind of piggyback getting off that. Explain to us kind of how the, the Union Academy <coughs> system works for the people who don't really know. So in terms of like academy guys training with you guys every single day or Brendan Aronson, for example, tr playing in games and stuff, how does that work? And well, like obviously we we have a really really light roster. Like so, we have twelve, twelve, I think twelve or thirteen signed 12 players. Signed, twelve signed players, mm -hmm. which is which is what we carry and we've carried for the three years. As in, obviously we'll, we'll change some players every year, but we'll have twelve base going forward. So you can't train every day with twelve mm -hmm. players. It's not possible, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll we'll have academy players who will who will make up the the back end of our session who will add us to probably 16 or 18 mm -hmm. and that's what we'll work off and then depending on how we are affected at the weekend by union players coming down then maybe some of those academy players will start to get get substantial minutes or be involved and get experience of being in the 18 travelling right. you know right. and then obviously the ones that have done really well the likes of 
Derek Fontana, Matt Royale, Mackenzie. I know Mackenzie went off to school. Trusty as well. So you've got those five. Mm-hmm. And now obviously you see Brendan, who's played the last couple of games and done well, who's who's deserved of a spot. Ben as well, Ben Efemu, who's played centre-back in a couple of games. So that's that's given them something that isn't really given to players in, in the States at such a young age, which is professional experience. Yeah. You know, you either go to college or you go pro. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are in an environment where they're, they're still in school, they're playing, and they have obviously, they're going to have offers on the table from potentially top, top colleges, mm-hmm. you know? When, so when you say school, you mean, so you're telling me the academy kids go to school as well, like a soccer academy kind of? They go to a school like across. I mean, I know obviously, but for the people who don't, yeah. Really know, so, so they'll 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 go to school. They've set up a school out where they where they train. Mm-hmm. So they train they train twice a day, mm-hmm. three four times a week. Obviously, they'll taper off a little bit as mm-hmm. as the games approach at the weekend, and they'll they'll train at eight a.m. in the morning and go to school then for the day. And Richie Graham, the owner, part owner, has has. <laughs> Set up an unbelievable kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna say like when I was like sixteen, I was in Academy with Fire, mm-hmm. and this different outlook there. You know, obviously you got like a few looks. You know, me, I, I played with the reserve squad like three or four times, mm-hmm. and that was special back then. Mm-hmm. And and like Chamo said, you have guys who are stepping up and getting heavy USL minutes like right before they go to school or right. whether they pursue. You know, right. so it's it's a special system that they have there at YSC, and you you're right. starting to see. You know. The effects of it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing, honestly. So, Nico, we're going to start with you, Mr. Oh. Toronto himself. So, how did you kind of get involved in soccer out there in Toronto? I know you uh, have an Indian father and Jamaican yeah. mother. Yeah, they're both from Jamaica, but okay. along, my, along my dad's side, there's an Indian in okay. his side. Um, but yeah, uh, my my dad grew up playing soccer uh, back in Jamaica, and he played up until high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also my all my family members play. Uh, my siblings play sports, so my oldest brother played football, and then my other brother played soccer, and then came me, and then my sister as well. My younger sister plays soccer as well. So I've just been around sports all my life, and I started when I was four. Uh, and I loved it. I was playing. I was playing many sports when I was younger, but mm-hmm. soccer is the one that stuck. Yeah. And yeah, so I loved it, and I just kept playing it and playing it, and uh, got got the chance to travel around the world. It, it took me around the world. It of course. Got me a college degree, and now I'm here playing professionally. How, so, you, oh, uh, so I was gonna ask how uh, how old were you? Like, well, when did your parents come before like yeah. you were born? Like. Uh, when, in yeah, Toronto. Good question. They so when my when my brother was being born, like uh, when my mom was pregnant with my oldest brother, he's what seven seven years older than me. Okay. Oh, wow. So Good yeah, uh, he they came over to Canada and uh, they had him uh, in Toronto, and then they moved from Toronto to Brampton, which is like thirty minutes away, and then they had the rest of us there. Uh, yeah. So he just brought soccer with him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> soccer, I like that. So you. Grew up playing for FC Stigma, right? Yeah, Sigma, Sigma, Sigma FC. Yeah, but there's no states, obviously, in Canada's provinces. So how did it yeah. work up there? You got, did you guys have like a province tournament or something? Or uh, so, so the way they they started out, so it's two uh, two brothers that basically started the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is my agent, uh, Costa Simiorities, Sim- uh, mm-hmm. and the other is a coach, which was which was my coach, uh, Bobby Simiorities. 
and they're brothers yeah they're brothers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the, the, the last name right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh they started it out i think uh, when i was around 11 years old so the first year uh the first year they started it out uh i wasn't on the team uh and then the second year they went looking for more players and uh this was when i was 12 and they came they went to like all the I guess all the all the good teams in the area mm-hmm. and were um, scouting players and uh, I remember them coming to, up to me and a few of the players on my team after one game and saying like okay this is what we have going on um, it's in the, it's in the starting stages and and whatnot but this is what we're trying to build and uh, uh, it was a de- it was a decision for me to make and it was either stay with uh, Brampton Brampton youth soccer or go with them and for the first like year or two I, I did both mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of traveling and stuff, uh, so I uh, appreciate that for my mom. But shout out moms, real quick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, and then I had to I had to make the decision to do one or the other, and then um, uh, I decided to do Sigma, and they they gave me plenty of opportunities. They they took our team at twelve or thirteen years old. They took mm-hmm. us over to uh holland and we got to play Mm -hmm. against teams like ajax and stuff like that like the academy teams and that was a great uh great experience for me um and then also they when i was a little bit a little bit older like 15 i think around uh i got they gave me the opportunity to miss a little bit of high school (laughs) and they sent me back to europe they sent me to england germany and belgium to train with uh like uh professional teams um like liverpool and newcastle that was through sigma through sigma yeah through sigma is that like a youth so they're so they're like an academy yeah okay Okay. but they're they're not a profession they don't have a professional team but they're just yeah they had a youth academy academy and then they eventually got a men's team but it was it was like like amateur like semi-pro kind of thing should they let players go from sigma to toronto to TFC, yeah, yeah, like the yeah. So w- you couldn't play on both, but uh, some guys like went from Sigma to like college and then signed for Toronto FC or something like that. So then, uh, is that how you got t- called up to the U seventeen national team, the Canadian? Yeah, national team? yeah. So I think like yeah, when um they sent me to England, I got um a lot of like there was a lot of uh, awareness about me and what mm-hmm. I was doing and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then um, I think I guess Canada recognized um, what I was doing and. Uh, they bring me into a camp. I think this was they bring me. My first camp was 2010. 2000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2010. Like I think uh, like October or something like yeah. that around there. But um, uh, yeah, they bring me into a camp. It was in Jamaica. Like, yeah, that's awesome, bro. Obviously, like, yeah. Just uh, got to go back home with my family yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah. So it all worked out, and uh, and then I ended up in the. Uh, I ended up representing them in the qualifying CONCACAF for U-17s, mm-hmm. and then we actually made it to uh, the World Cup mm-hmm. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And you went with that team, too? The World, the World Cup uh, team in Mexico as well. How was that a whole experience for you? That, that experience was crazy. I mean, we got to play against... We didn't make it out the group stage, but we played against Uruguay, England, and Rwanda. Jeez. So there was guys in that tournament like Raheem Sterling. Wow, so we played wow, against Raheem wow, Sterling. Wow. Uh, so was he saucy or what? He was, wow. yeah, he was, he was nice. Wow. He was nice. <laughs> <laughs> so was like, he was nice. Yeah, he was nice. It was, it was, you know, it was. <laughs> it was nice. So like, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I guess, um, yeah, so like I got to see him at Liverpool yeah. and what he was doing there and then I got to see him in the World oh, Cup. True. And so, yeah, that was, it was a good experience. So how, how'd you kind of get into Syracuse? I know you signed there, but 
You yeah. know, you're looking at any other any other options before. Like, how did they come up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Syracuse. I think it was my. Uh, I think it was my second year of high school. I think they like showed interest in me, but obviously they couldn't talk to me or anything like that. Um, they were talking to the coaches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, they they were a team. They were the, my first the, my first school that was interested. Um, and they showed a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, hope that I would come to the school mm-hmm. and they came. So we had a uh, Sigma set up camps and stuff like that, uh, for college coaches to come to and watch the players play and for uh, like European coaches to come to and like train mm-hmm. us and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so Sigma saw me, uh, I mean, Syracuse saw me there and they liked me and stuff like that. So, um, they were my first school. And then I had other schools like UConn, Boston College, some other schools. But uh, Syracuse stuck with me the whole way. And uh, ah, so nice. it was, yeah. That makes sense. So then you spent four seasons at Syracuse, appearing in 84 matches, 80 starts, scored 20 goals in your career, ranked top three in goals <laughs> three of your four years, helped lead the team to three NCAA tournament appearances, including the first College Cup appearance in program history in 2015. So talk about that whole you know, success in college for you, college cup yeah. as well. I mean, would you say yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, that's definitely an experience. Um, yeah, Syracuse, like, if you look at before, the year before I went to the school, they they did pretty well. They made it to this, I think, Sweet 16. Um, but before that, there was, they had really nothing to show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so it was, it was a tough decision going there. Um but yeah, uh, Coach Mack and and the guys, uh, Mike Miller helped recruit me there. They were um, just trying to feed me information on what they were trying to build there, mm-hmm. uh, and I liked it because it was it was only four four hours away from home. So, uh, and I had there was a few Canadians. They recruit a lot of Canadians uh, there, so there was a few Canadians I knew, so I could talk to them about the school. Uh, but yeah, that whole experience. Um, first year was tough. We didn't make we didn't make the tournament and. I was like kind of second guessing my my uh, my choice, saying, "Is this what it's gonna be like?" Blah blah blah. Like we were finishing like early October, yeah. Uh, but then yeah, the next three years went well, and then we eventually my junior year we made it to the College Cup, and that was an experience in itself. Did you guys play? We played uh, Clemson in the Final oh, Four. Who was that? Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, yeah, Aaron yeah, Jones yeah, was there. Me yeah, and him yeah. were trash talking right <laughs> side by side. <laughs> yeah, so we played them in the College Cup, but we—I was used to playing against Aaron and and Clemson. We played them literally. Being in ACC, we yeah, played them literally like yeah. three times a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got to play in Sporting Kansas City Stadium. Uh, so yeah, it was a lovely atmosphere. So how at a big university like like uh, Syracuse, sorry. How did you manage your social life as well as being a student athlete? It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Syracuse. Tell the truth. Hey, since I'm out of school, they, they don't care in this. Uh, Syracuse, I mean, like, Syracuse, every year I was there, Syracuse was ranked, like, top five party schools. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was tough to stay away from it. Uh, <laughs> it was tough to stay away from it. But, like, I, I, would, try, I would try my best uh, to, to manage it. But, you know, I'm, a, I'm just a teenager. Like, I was a teenager, and then uh, I'm a young kid, you know, a young uh, kid. Toronto kids. <laughs> yeah, from, 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 a, from a city like Toronto where they like to party, too. So uh, uh, I think uh, it, was, it was tough, but it, it's doable. You just got to, yeah, you just got to watch what you're doing um, and, and help your, your teammates as well make, make smart choices. Of course, of course. 
So then you go on and get drafted 55th overall in the last year with by the Union. Did you know you were getting drafted after your successful four years in Syracuse? How did that process fold out for you? Uh, that was a stressful process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when I got to go to the Combine, uh, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go because my second last game of the season, uh, I suffered like a uh, hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. And it was against Clemson, obviously. <laughs> and... Uh, I was still recovering from that, but uh, I was I was good enough to go to the combine, and then I went to the draft, and my my agent at the time was saying um, that yeah he he thinks I'm I have a high uh, possibility of getting drafted, and obviously like you they tell you not to look at mock drafts and all that stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but I, everybody, everybody, I was on that computer, so uh, yeah they said that there was I was reading a bunch of articles and they was, they had me going number one like number uh first first uh round high first round or or early uh second round Mm. and then i ended up dropping all the way to the last round Mm. and then or the third Mm. round and uh, it was it was tough but once i got that call from philadelphia uh, it it was it was all worth it yeah so explain to us kind of how that process worked after you got the phone call i mean i know the union offered a contract from the jump you went to preseason with them yeah how did that whole process? Yeah, so right after I got drafted, um, who was it on the phone? I, Jim, Jim called me. Jim Curtin called me, and just like welcoming me to the Philadelphia Union, and uh, I had a week to get out there. Uh, so I started immediately started packing and everything. Right. Uh, got out there, went to preseason. Straight to Florida. You came to Philly first. Uh, first, I came to Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to look at everything, you know, uh, and then we flew out to Florida. Uh, and that was, uh, that was a nice experience, uh, being out with the guys, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, touching, touching down in Philly first, uh, got, uh, reacquainted, reacquainted with Aaron Jones. (laughs) I saw Marcus, uh, another draft pick, and then Jack Elliott was also another draft pick. Uh, Talking about the Hooters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some fun times in Hooters, you know, the, what was it, the Wyndham Hotel? Yeah. Had to stay at the Wyndham Hotel. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good, uh, good experience. And while you were out there, most of the rookies in your class ended up signing uh, union first team contracts. So for you, yeah. how did that kind of affect you mentally? Yeah, it was it was tough. I mean, like I, I at the same time I knew like Marcus was also a winger, so we were kind of battling. And then they signed Marcus, and then I'm like, okay, my my agent said they needed a lot of wingers, so at the time, so. Uh, I was still still pushing to to get the contract, and then they ended up signing Fafa, mm-hmm. like out of nowhere. So uh, it was it was tough. I was kind of getting down on myself, but then they said they brought me into the office and they told me, "Look, Chris, like we have um, uh, obviously we've made made uh, the decisions that we've made, and but we have uh, we want to keep you in the system, and we have a contract waiting for you with with Bethlehem Steel." Uh, so I talked to my agent a little bit, and I thought it would still be a good option to to stick yeah. with them. Now look, you know, and now look, ball never Yeah, <laughs> Santi, on to you. What's up, man? My turn. <laughs> go for it. Let's go for it. I'm Sorry. excited to get Sorry. you on this though because you come from a kind of a different perspective. You're a foreign player, but you actually went the college route, the D2. You went to Pfeiffer as well. So, mm-hmm. but first off, how'd you get started with soccer in Spain? So yeah, I came through a different system yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But so I started playing uh, soccer, football in, in Spain, mm-hmm. 
and at the age I don't know four or five mm-hmm. and I always went to to the hometown club mm-hmm. it was the closest one to my house so my mom said okay you you go there because I'm not driving anywhere to, right. to. <laughs> but there was a good group of players uh, very talented and competitive so I just grew up in that club mm-hmm. for I don't know 15 16 years wow. and um, so all the way through with the not the same teammates but most most of the same group that came with me to school mm-hmm. and then we went to practice in the afternoon so it was, oh, so uh, it was like a soccer academy kind of yeah it was a soccer academy oh, okay. uh, with a first team oh, nice. in nice. at that moment it was in the third division mm-hmm. What's the oh. name of the team? Yeah, I was gonna ask that. It was uh, Ordenes. Ordenes. Oh. But SD Ordenes. And, which and is where is that in Spain? That's in the north, the north side, west, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, in the region of Galicia. Mm-hmm. It's like a province. So I always, I've been always in, in that team since I was really, really young. And when I turned 15, mm-hmm. uh, I had the chance to go practice once with the first team, mm-hmm. which was in. Uh, they needed some players to go practice. and. Mm-hmm. I took that chance as it was my last, my my most important day of practice. Right. So every day I went to practice, I said, look, today I have to do the best if I want to get a chance in the right. in this world. No? Right, right. So since I was 15, 16, I, I practiced regularly with the first team, uh, with older guys, with 30 wow. years old, wow. 32. And when I turned 18 after high school, uh, I signed with that team. Mm. I was on the only two of mm. that group that we've been together for a long time. Mm. Only two had the chance to to sign with with that team, but the opportunities were very very low because I was an inexperienced player at that mm. time, uh, very very young, and and the competition was hard right. and right. and tough. So. I had to go for a year, drop an, another division, so I went to kind of like the fourth. But that was, that was, that wasn't even semi-pro. It was more like amateur, okay. amateur football. And this team loaned you out there? Or? No, I just left oh, because okay. I wasn't getting the the enough oh, okay. opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So I just drop. I rather drop a, a division yeah. and get playing time and develop as a as a player. Mm-hmm. And. And I was barely getting paid. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe they helped me to pay for the gas yeah. to get there, but I was it wasn't it wasn't great. Yeah. But it was a good experience to to get minutes to to get experience. But I knew I had to get out. Mm. I couldn't do that for for more time. Mm. So when I saw in the newspaper that. America was giving a scholarship for playing football. <laughs> and I was like, so so excuse me. I, I asked my my brother-in-law who saw the guy that who saw the new the news. Yeah. So I'm like, so explain explain this to me. They give money to not like they give a tuition. They give uh, you know hard cash. They give they give they give housing to players. And then they give you the opportunity to to experience a, an, another country like a, a USA. So I'm like, let, uh, this is my chance. I have to because I like to travel. I like to experience different things. So the moment I saw that opportunity, I paid seventy five dollars and I went to a tryout in Madrid. 
For America. For America, exactly. So based off a newspaper, you mm-hmm. decided to take this leap to America. Exactly. That's and crazy. It, I, I, I didn't <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, that's like you have a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's for real, though, bro. Yeah. No, my brother, my brother-in-law. I swear, my brother-in-law called me and he said, "I was in vacations. I remember. Hey, I saw this uh, news. Uh, they do a tryout uh, in March in in Madrid, and I'm like, okay." Yeah, you just sign up, you pay $75, you go to Madrid, and I'm pretty sure there will be coaches mm-hmm. of universities. And I'm like, yeah, you Google universities in the United States, and ev- yeah, everything, is, everything, is, everything is great, everything looks amazing. And, and at that moment, I wasn't happy in that team, so, so I didn't have anything to lose. So I just went to that tryout, it was 70 players mm-hmm. uh, from Spain, and some from Portugal as well. We trained for three days for a weekend, and there was only two college coaches mm. over there. Jeez. So when I saw only two college coaches, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so we, we have to do good here. <laughs> well, at the end of the weekend, uh, both coaches offered me a scholarship. What schools? One of them was Pfeiffer? It was Pfeiffer University and William Carey University. Ah, wow, William Carey. In Mississippi. In Mississippi, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, shout out. But that, <laughs> <laughs> That was a NAA school. Yeah, you're gonna eat good. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot of good options. Right. <laughs> I had th- those two, and and it, they weren't even full scholarships. They 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 only gave me you know a, a good amount of scholarship, mm-hmm. but not full. So either I took it or I don't. I didn't. So mm-hmm. I I took it. I came with. Five other guys from Spain. Mm. We created a good team in this Division Two school, yeah, yeah. Um, and we—I mean, I mean—we had pretty good success. Yeah, I mean, Pfeiffer's a D two powerhouse for those who don't know. It's in North Carolina, <coughs> but you ended up scoring twenty four goals and had thirty three assists in two seasons, and you also won a D two national championship in two thousand fifteen. How was that whole experience for you? Did you feel like you made the right decision coming over here to America? Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, you know, uh, the same as same as, as Chris. Mm. The first year that I went to to Fiverr, I kind of second second guessed second yeah, second, yeah, yeah. second guessed the decision because my first year in the university, I came with a meniscus injury, mm. and the, by the time I recovered, the season was over. I didn't know the season was yes, only three months, <laughs> <laughs> so I so I got hurt, and then okay, season is over. What? Uh, so I, the first season, the first year, I didn't play mm-hmm. for the university, so it was kind of hard because I didn't know if th- that was the right decision. Plus, I was paying some some good money to be yeah. in the university, and I didn't know if it was the right choice. But the group was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys from all over the world, from Colombia, Brazil, mm-hmm. Spain, France, Portugal. So... I, I could see the potential on that group, even though they didn't win, they only won the conference that year. Mm-hmm. I could see the potential, so I, I went back, and the, sec- the second year, which was my first year playing, mm-hmm. uh, we had a, a really good season, we went 25-0. and 0, yeah. uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't the best player. Uh, we had very good players in, in that team. It wasn't only me uh, carrying the, the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it was a, a very, very good year. Then this, the next year, 
it was my senior year mm. and we didn't win it all but we we played good soccer as well and that gave us the exposure the to you know go and play PDL first and then uh, eventually get uh, a professional opportunity one of the biggest schools they knew that I was at the level and and they brought me to Bethlehem Steel I was practicing with the Bethlehem Steel right. and probably Ernie Stewart said fuck who, who do we draft? Yeah. Uh, who else do we draft? So this guy that is, is here <laughs> practicing with us already. So. He's all right. He can pass the ball. How so. was that, that preseason for you down in Florida? How was that experience for you? It was good. It was guys? good. It was, uh, you know, enjoying every single moment that yeah. I was with them. Because, yeah. as I said, I grew up in a very humble academy. We played regionally. We didn't travel far to play. So every time I spend, uh, you know... Uh, a trip with the boys and flying and good hotels and the food was good and everything for me was wow this is great i want to i want to do this for the rest of my life so every moment was was a was a great it was great yeah what's some of the differences in the spanish academy system in comparison to the american academy system like in terms of are they you know, here in America, we develop mm-hmm. players for college, but Europe developed players for the first team. So how was the mm-hmm. system a little different for you in Spain than it was here? Uh, I don't know. Um, I can't speak about my academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure there is academies in Spain similar than to American ones. So, and nowadays, uh, more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my academy, they didn't prepare us for anything, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not even for college no. uh, it was just you know to that academy was built to get some money to support the first team <laughs> so the kids had to pay uh, a two kind of a fee so then they could support the first team being in that third division and at the same moment we had good coaches and we had uh, good people training us but most of the my teammates right now in that club, they are in a amateur mm, uh, wow. amateur soccer. Wow! And so because that's another thing. I think college is great because even if you don't have the level to go to a professional a team, you probably are good enough to get a, a degree yeah. and play for that that team. So. Those players that are in, in transition, that don't know what to do, in Spain, when you are 18 years old and you didn't make it pro, you're done. It, you're done because you don't have that system yeah. that helps you out to keep developing. Yeah. So from my, from my point of view, if I didn't come to, to the United States and study college and keep growing as a player, I, I wouldn't probably have a professional contract yeah. at this moment. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't know. I mean yeah. you well, never know. How many people, how many players fall through the gaps because they take that chance at eighteen or nineteen and get paid. So they get paid um, let's say hundred and fifty mm-hmm. euros, two hundred euros a week. Yeah. Which is like it's bare minimum. It's you good. have to live at home on that money. Mm-hmm. Then if a scholarship comes up, like they've ruined that chance, they yeah, can't yeah, come then because mm-hmm. you can't you yeah. can't take the scholarship mm-hmm. you can't if you've been paid professionally. Yeah. Once yeah. you've been a pro, mm-hmm. it's hard unless you're on an amateur. Yeah. yeah. I mean obviously basis. I, w- I was getting paid when I was eighteen in Spain, but never with a contract yeah, yeah it was yeah, yeah. Uh, under the so table under so the table when were. the NCAA told me <laughs> 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 
Has dicho con aquest my degree? They take my degree out? No. They can take it away, my degree? No. Ok, ok. Yeah, I'll do it. It's the end, 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 But yeah, yeah, you, you get what you say, $100, $150, and that, that's not enough, you don't live out of it, and... But you, but you think getting that amount of money, and I was in that position as well. You think getting that amount of money? I'm a professional player. I don't care. Yeah. I'm a professional soccer player. Yeah. This is the best thing in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if I continue to get better and better, I'm gonna earn thousands a week. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna go to the top. I'm gonna play at the highest level. No, no, you're not, mate. No, you're not. It's it's a system, and probably in Ireland and in Spain and probably in other countries in Europe, it is a system that get players start you know once you get into a division like for example third division or even fourth it's tough to keep growing and yeah. to keep going up because yeah. the competition is so hard and right. and your label is like okay this is a third division player so you are not getting out of there right. unless you are in a you know party exactly if you're if you're in that third division and you're 18 or 19, you're playing against grown-ass men yeah. who have played in that division for years and they depend on that money as a second income for their families to pay their mortgage, mm-hmm. to do that sort of stuff. So that's where it's, that's real soccer. Yeah. Where you're up against men who are trying to put food on the table and stuff uh, like that, you know? That's cutthroat. That's cutthroat, like, you know? And is it true, after studying movie production out there in Pfeiffer, that you're working on a documentary after you finish playing professional? Yeah, it is true, and I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it. <laughs> good, yeah. good, look forward to it. I will finish it. All right, Marcus, on to you. <clears throat> so my man, my first current MLS player to be on this show, it's an honor to have you. So how'd you kind of get involved with soccer down in Jackson, Mississippi? Uh, Yeah, man, that's a weird story. Like, uh, Mississippi, there's not much soccer oh, yeah, at all. That's yeah, all. that's probably like four or five clubs, like, <laughs> When when my my uh, brother started playing, like my oldest brother was the first one to start playing. I have two brothers, and uh, he, like I said, it was like three teams, so he didn't have anywhere to play really. So my dad and like his friends, like like uh, my my brother's friends' dads, they all formed together to make a club, you know. And oh, that's wow, yeah, wow. that's my home club, wow. CJSO. Wow. And so my oldest brother played there, my middle brother played there. So I grew up on the field, like I was two and three, like. My dad had to be there all day yeah. to make sure everything was good. Like my mom was there all the time. My brothers were there, so I was just kicking the ball around since I was three, man. And and that was my first club playing soccer. And I would play there until I was like 15. Loved it, man. It's like a family to me more than a club. You know, I still still talk to everyone in that organization, parents to to guys, yeah. So I did that till I was 16, and then um, I remember I was in ODP camp. You know, like uh, back in the south. You know, there's no no connection really to professional soccer right, you know right. like so ODP that like trail to make the national teams like the highest level what you are know? you region 3 region 3 yeah so I remember that was like my I was 15 or whatever I was at holdover camp I had my best ODP camp ever and um, I was talking with the regional team coach and he was like look I'm pushing you with the national team I think you're ready da 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 in the middle of holdovers, my friend, he played with Mississippi Fire. Mm-hmm. At the time, Chicago Fire had like a partnership with the mm-hmm. with the club there. And they invited him to come up to the academy for a week to like try out before Dallas Cup or some cup I think it's called now. And he just says, like, come with me. Like 
And I was like, That's it? Yeah, he just said, Come with me. Like, this is my, like, one of my best friends. We're tight. And I was like, I, like, I can't, man. Like, we would have to leave holdover. So I wouldn't finish. I was getting all this feedback from the yeah. coach. And I was like, I can't. He's like, Man, come with me. Like, da da da. And at the time, we had no clue what academy was. Like, I didn't know there was a thing called the academy. Yeah. So I told my dad, you know, what my friend said. And he was like, uh, He was like, What do you think? And I don't, and something told me, like, to, like, look into it and so I, I, I like my friend calls the Chicago Fire Academy coach he's like yeah we've heard of him bring him oh okay I was gonna ask you so yeah. before this was without even you talking to Chicago I've never heard anything anything. I've never heard anything about Academy nothing with Chicago it was literally one day he told me that Thursday camp was over Sunday he told me about it Thursday Friday like uh, we had a game Friday night and right after the game we played like Costa Rica it's like you 20 team mm-hmm. and we literally got there and drove I, I left with him me him and his mom drove us to Chicago mm-hmm. from ODP camp and I went there man I, I trained they liked me and that all worked out and so I, I, I moved to Chicago by myself uh, played there for two years until like U18 left early and then I went to USF you know, so so backtracking a little bit uh-huh. <clears throat> being in the South where football dominates were there a lot of African-Americans playing down there? Or? No, literally, yeah. out of the population of African-Americans playing soccer, on my team and my organization, we probably carry 98% of the of the total population wow. of African-Americans wow. playing soccer. That's crazy. Yeah, man. It was a, it was a weird demographic, honestly. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. great growing up into it. I'm, I'm glad I did, but we would go to tournaments, you know, like Dallas Cup and or like Florida Cup and like guys are like who's this team full of like <laughs> literally like we had two to three you know non-African Americans on the team and we were good man yeah. we uh we we were like ranked fourth and third in the country for like three four years you know so it was it was like yeah. it, was, it was amazing That's man wild. yeah like three people from well one from my team uh, That team plays professional Marlon Harrison mm-hmm. That's like Oh wow. Yeah for Colorado yeah, Rapids yeah, That's yeah, like The dreads right Yeah that's yeah. like my god brother yeah, Like yeah, we grew yeah. up His middle brother Played with my middle brother uh-huh. So we were both on the field Since two And then another guy From that team uh, like World Olympian Like for a triple jump And then another guy Football NFL So it was It was a great group man Special Really special But uh Yeah man It was weird You know going to to tournaments and being the only you know like African Americans in the in the whole South really, but dominating though. Yeah. Man. So what kind of so you go to Chicago Fire, you guys make it to the finals for Academy U yeah. sixteen. You also have a great U eighteen year. Yeah. What kind of led you to USF, which University of South Florida? For those who don't know. Um, really, man, I just took my 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 visits. You know, like I had a I had a lot of teams, uh, a lot of schools after me at the time. Where else? Uh, like Louisville, UCLA, Michigan. Uh, Coastal Carolina, St. Louis. So I took like a few visits to there, and I went to USF. It was my first, no, it was my last trip, and I fell in love. I was like, wow. I, right away, I called my dad. I was like, yeah, this, this wow. is where I'm going, man. Wow. They had like the group that was there at the time. It was a lot of international players, you know. And that was a big thing with me. Like I wanted to be exposed to, like as close as I could to a professional environment. And the guys were great. The, the school was great, you know. <laughs> A lot of partying, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you end up having a great year there as well. Um, your second team, all-conference all in 2015. Did you know... First of all, how did you balance... You know, you say yeah. a lot of... Parties, <laughs> how did you balance your social life actually, and also being a student-athlete? 
Yeah, man. I just uh, honestly like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like I just let it flow. You know, I always knew that I wanted to pro- play professional soccer, and I wasn't gonna let anything like come in the way of that. So, with just using that alone kind of got me through it, you know, coasted me through it. But it's definitely manageable, you know. Yeah. If you just, you just got to make sure you have your, you know, priorities and yep, what you want to do. I think the long hours help, too. Yeah. Long hours of being an athlete. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, helps too. it helps a lot. Sometimes when people are partying, you just want to sleep. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, you're yeah, tired yeah. all the time, you yeah. know. It saved you from, from yeah. a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so you you also got drafted 25th overall, and the union actually traded up for you. Did you have an idea after your four years at USF that you were going to get drafted? Uh, Not really, honestly. My junior year, I had some some like you know conversation about it but like like at the time i was still considered a fire player so my my like connection was at homegrown you know homegrown and then my senior year i think i've only i only played like 14 games because i had a i had a knee injury my senior year so leading to the end of the year i only had 14 games i didn't think i was going to get drafted or combine or anything honestly and then uh you know i had People helped me out to get to certain combines to get looked at, and then went to the draft and you know did well there. And uh, at the time, I, I spoke with Union a little bit, and I spoke with a few other teams. So after the draft, I knew I had an idea that I was going to get drafted. Yeah. So then last year, you know, you're kind of playing with the USL for most of your games with the Bethlehem Steel. Mm-hmm. Would you say getting minutes with the Steel after the first year last year helped you develop? more as a player definitely definitely yeah you know uh as a rookie you know as a young guy coming straight out of college just it's not that many opportunity and when you look around the league and all the years you know very few guys come straight into playing you know so it's important to you know keep minutes you know practice is great you make that jump you know it's a shock but there's nothing like game minutes you know as far as confidence as far as reps and yeah so you know coming in with the steel was it was great man you know because it's still a level above what you are used yeah. to, you know. And then when you add that in with the practices that you're getting, and and you can you can use that to you know to propel yourself and be ready for it whenever you need. It. Right. Yeah. So now in your second year, how has your confidence grown? You know? Oh man, it's like it's like night and day. Like yeah. I think the guys talked about it earlier. You know, I feel like first year you're battling two different things. You're battling like adjusting to the speed of play, adjusting to the game. And you're you're battling like your confidence, you know, yourself pretty much. Like, do I do this, you know, or can I do this, you know? It's mm-hmm. that constant question. And and second year is just like it's none of the, it's less of the can I do and, and learning, and more of how to implement yourself into you know into the team, into the game, into the system, you know. So it's it's just it's just night and day, honestly, about in that regards at least. Yeah, bro, you've been killing it. I mean, I've been following you as well. Getting, you score, how many goals do you have for the union right now? Uh, Three. Yeah, three bro. in the league. Yeah, and I can tell your confidence as well has gone yeah. sky high, too. And it's crazy just one year. Yeah, it Your is. life can change yeah. instantly. Yeah. Last but not least, James Chambers. Uh-huh. No, Capitan. <laughs> the boys are going to be asleep after this. <laughs> so since we played against each other in 16, my last year in Richmond, I've always wondered kind of, you know, your story. We confronted each other that game, like, as I mentioned earlier. But for many of people who don't know, he's one of the best in this league. He's well-respected by almost every single player in this league. And I truly got to witness one of the best leaders on and off the field last year. There's too many stories where in every way, 
if you want to, you know, get an image of what a leader should be, this is what James is, and I, I translate that into my game now after being with him last year for a full year and seeing all the little things that he's done. So he's doing above and beyond what we can even imagine for this organization with the Steel. So kudos to you and hats off to you for what you're doing. So. Whoa. 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 I'm not going to speak after that, bro. I'm done. But how did you kind of get involved with soccer in Ireland? Uh, I oh, like I don't have an early memory to be completely honest yeah. with you. I, I don't have one that sticks in my mind. I just I just know so, uh, so long. Ago. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know Nanko was still here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I don't honestly have an early memory. I just know that as a family, my mom, my dad played, and we were just engrossed in it. Like my dad, my dad took care. Our, are under we would have been U seven, U six, U seven, U eight. He would have taken those teams, and then we moved house, and I played for different teams. And he obviously wasn't concentrating on on coaching, mm-hmm. so he he went back to his old club, and that was U tens when I went there. Mm-hmm. So just just always been around it, and then I, I kind of was at a bit of a limbo when because in Ireland we play seven aside, and then we go eleven aside mm-hmm. at U eleven. Mm-hmm. So I was like, just then it was the summer at U11, and I was like, I don't know who I'm going to play for. And a buddy of mine that actually Marcus knows, that coached Alan Hannan. Yeah, yeah. So Marcus knows him. <laughs> he, he, he was at a, I think we did a camp in the summer, like just a, a soccer camp. And he was delivering papers around by my area. And I was like, no, for real, for real, paper boy, for real. I was like, what, what are you doing with soccer next year, like with football? And he's like, I'm, I'm going, I'm playing for this team. Like, I'm, I'm after signing for them. They're like, they're, they're connected to a, a professional team. And they're yeah. setting up a, an underage academy system. Well, academy, yeah. I use the word lightly because yeah. it wasn't back then. So he was like, I was like, no way, that's that's cool. Like he's like, yeah, I'm the captain and everything. Like so, that's great. He was like, you should come down. Mm. So I was like, all right, for real, great. Like so, got in touch, went down, ended up taking the armband off. This was at Shelbourne Academy. At Shelbourne, okay. yeah. So I, I was there from U11 right through to like U21. I think I was U21 when I was like 16. Mm. So and then I went pro when I when I left high school. I, I kind of I I didn't I, I was gonna go to college and like as in just to study back home, but not on a scholarship. Yeah. And I'd had an option of coming here. A guy called me after watching a game and he he asked me would I be interested in coming over. It was somewhere down south. I can't remember mm-hmm. to play school to, to play school yeah, to play right, school. Right. So I was like, yeah, like, but how much do you guys pay per week? <laughs> he's like well, well no like I, I, I didn't get the gist of it like because yeah. this is what's this this is 15 years ago yeah. so it wasn't as, as big back then mm. you know it's a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> I see it I'm yeah, laughing yeah that's a long time ago so it, it wasn't as cool and as sexy back then yeah, to, to yeah, come yeah. On, a, on a scholarship yeah. something I kind of regret now looking back at it maybe it would have been a great opportunity mm. but mm. I was too much of a homebird back mm. then so I ended mm. up leaving high school after my my leaving cert which is your end of school exams and mm-hmm. I, I just turned pro the next the next day I turned pro I just I had the option to turn pro everything was set up to go with that Shelburne team mm-hmm. and I yeah I, I just didn't didn't even envisage going to college after that what's the academy system like there uh, it's not as it's not as much of an academy system as it is now back then it wasn't it was just we used to play because Dublin's so small, you can get from one side of Dublin to the other in right, an hour. Right. But the teams back then, like when I tell you, our schoolboy level was pretty, pretty high. Yeah. Like it was extremely high. Like we have 
probably 90% of the underage internationals mm. in that league mm. so it's pretty Jeez, pretty good every hard yeah <laughs> like every every week you're playing against like some top top teams wow. you know so that was that was a great football upbringing you know mm. and then we were introduced to the under 21s at 16 where mm. these guys are 19 and 20 mm. like mm. and and then you're getting introduced to the first team level so everything is ramping up two or three mm. years and you either have to stick with the speed of the play or yeah. you get left behind yeah, yeah. So then you kind of made that leap to Britain, right, and played a little bit over there. Yeah, I, I went over. I went, well, I had options to. I had a, I had an option to sign for a team in Scotland mm-hmm. before before my leaving cert, but I turned it down because it was the wrong time. I, my mum had just passed away, so it was the wrong time for me to leave my family at that mm-hmm. stage, and that's one that kind of is is a little bit of a fuck. Should have done that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's you, you live and learn in hindsight. Yeah, a wonderful yeah, yeah. team, you know. Yeah. So I played at home. For, I played there for a little bit uh, with Shelburne first team and stuff like that. And then I signed for. I, I went on trial to a team, Walsall, mm. and and the manager really liked me after two days, but he got sacked. Mm. Uh, so I signed for. This is what we were just talking about earlier on. I signed for the team to to keep two hundred quid, two hundred pounds, which is good to two hundred and fifty dollars in my pocket every week. Just. Just to keep myself like food and board yeah, yeah, yeah. while I was still on trial with them, while they found a new manager. So that's why I went to Solihull. Uh, I played two games and went, nah, I'm, I'm going home. Okay. It's not for me because okay. the club had taken a manager and he wasn't interested. So I wasn't going there to play at a lower, lower level. That's kind of like semi pro. Mm-hmm. So it was a needs must essentially. Mm-hmm. So then you went back and played for St. Patrick's Athletics, right? Yeah, well, at, at that stage, I went back and played for, for Drogheda. Okay. So that would have been again like probably the lower end of that league mm-hmm. where I'm where I'm again like Santi saying you're trying to impress people you don't want to be there like you're you're grateful to play the game and you're getting peanuts to play mm-hmm. but you're hoping that you have a good season that someone will offer you something a bit more substantial you get mm-hmm. to a better club and thankfully that's what that happened so I went to I went to Shamrock Rovers then and and won the league with them which was great. And that gave me a little bit of exposure to be able to to go to Scotland mm. for a year. That that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Mm. There was too many politics with the club and stuff, and mm. and I just didn't fit in. So I came back then the year after. So there's a lot of traveling and that, and yeah, I'm only twenty. Yeah, I'm only twenty three. So how did that affect you, kind of mentally and as a professional athlete? Like multiple, you're trying to find a home now. All players really want to be comfortable, and you know you have a home where you love, but you're bouncing around to multiple teams. So. Yeah. So at Shelbourne, I found a home, but we yeah. were in we were in the lower division, yeah. and, and I wasn't I wasn't happy with where the manager was playing me. Yeah. So I left there, and thought maybe I'll I'll go to England and see how it goes on trial. And it, again, it didn't work out how I thought. So then the season is starting, and I'm scrambling now. I'm like, damn. So that's why I signed for Drogheda. Then I obviously did well and went to Shamrock Rovers, mm-hmm. but then you get you get a little bit greedy because you play well and you have a good season, and then someone comes in and they offer you a little bit more, and it's a different country, and you think, if I stay here for a year, maybe I could go to England, but if I go there and do well for six months, then I'll go. Yeah. So it's all stepping stones, yeah. especially yeah. in Ireland because yeah. the the money's the money's good, the money's better now than probably then it was still substantially substantially enough to get by and and put some away, but. Yeah you're still looking to get to England because it's such a, mm-hmm. a pot of gold mm-hmm. when you get there. You know, you sign a contract there, four or five grand a week, you'll sign a three-year deal, that's you made, yeah. you know? Yeah. So how did you kind of come to Philly? How did that even come about? What made you make this leap over here? Well, I kind of bounced around for a little bit. Yeah. With, like, in between Rovers and Pats, I bounced around for two years. 
two or three years and then I, I kind of lost my way a little bit with the game at Rovers I just got really really depressed with it and lost in it I just didn't it, it just wasn't happening for me mm-hmm. so I, I had a good year when I bounced back with St. Pat's and, and decided that I wanted something completely different mm-hmm. you know I didn't I was either going to go back to school and study media or, or come here and give it a go and, and see what it was like so Thankfully, my agent put some feelers out and had a couple of contacts and the steel were just getting set up then. Mm. So it kind of worked out, but it, it was through a highlight tape, really, and just oh, a little bit of recognition. Wow. Through a highlight tape. I'm not getting goals on there. <laughs> <laughs> so did you know your role before you even, you know, steel was just getting started? Like, did you know your no, role? No, so okay. we... We had we were under the impression that we were just gonna be a standard not a standalone team but affiliated to someone but yeah. weren't weren't gonna be I, I wasn't un, I wasn't aware of the roster of twelve players to yeah. be completely honest yeah. with you because I'd never heard of that before I thought that was downright crazy right. <laughs> you know so that that's kind of at the first year we were under the under the impression that there was gonna be a couple of older guys with a couple of younger lads. And some others that would fill in, right. you know, in right. in a vague way. Right. So that's kind of where we were with that. And then obviously a couple of weeks in, they they started to figure out what way they wanted to develop the program and stuff. So right. there was a couple of older guys like Mickey Daly, who's at Fresno now. He was in with us, and he got he he left. He decided he couldn't he couldn't stick it. Obviously Ryan Ryan Richter, who's a good friend of mine, was was the captain at the time. I only met him that year when I came over, and he kind of was was off the back of a great season at Ottawa and had options to go elsewhere mm. so he ended up going back to Cosmos and then it was just me left you know I, I was looking to potentially go elsewhere but I sat down and relaxed a little bit and understood that I was I was coming up to being 30 in February mm. which was 6-8 eight, eight months away mm. so I knew that my time was limited if I had gone somewhere else maybe I have the potential of winning something but right. I kind of I kind of like the role I'm in now. Right, it's, it's, right. It's ideal for me at my age. So kind of explain your role and what's it like leading a group of young boys year in and year out. Yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah. good that like like some days it's it's frustrating with some of the some of the younger guys who come in. Not these guys beside me, but like <laughs> the, the 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 young academy kids, of course, of course because of course. they're they're not exposed to yeah. it. But then again, we didn't all come out of the room being great soccer players. Right. So you have to learn somewhere. So. Right there's some days they come in and they're a little bit off it and that's understandable yeah. but it's up to us to, to drive the speed yeah. and drive the intensity so that the next time they come in they're a little bit closer mm-hmm. to the level and then obviously we in the summer we get affected from, from Reading PDL we get a lot of their guys to come to training and again these guys are these guys have opinions of themselves which is totally totally understandable because they're they're good college soccer players and they're doing well at the PDL level mm-hmm. which is fantastic mm-hmm. but then when you step into a professional mm-hmm. environment it's a whole different ball game oh, yeah. you know oh, yeah. and I think the guys that we're with this year maybe the first year pros only start to realise that some of these guys are there potentially to take their jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they're right. not there to make up the numbers right Right. That so yeah it, it's it's a good role I enjoy it you know it's, it's not something I would have envisaged myself doing maybe two or three years ago but now I'm I'm just grateful to be given the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I mean you've been helping all these players' careers with little things. Even all these guys are going to college from the academy as well. But I know your that leadership and everything 
you can't replace that from a professional environment. So I know they're taking that all into their strides for the next step in their career. Do you see yourself doing this for much longer? And have you started thinking about life after soccer? Because I think that's just as important as <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing I, your career. I have, I have. I yeah. just, I've just taken up a, a role with the U11s at the academy. Like, oh, so, nice. so that's been pretty sweet that they've, they've entrusted me with that group because it's a, it's a pretty good group. So, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm out of contract, obviously, in in November as well when the season ends. So. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of ifs and buts at the moment, and we'll see. But I I I can definitely play for another year or two. We'll yeah. see. But obviously, your body tells you one thing, but circumstances <laughs> yeah. determine the other. You know, yeah. no one knows what's around the corner for them. So yeah. you could be sitting there with no phone ringing, no knock on the door. <laughs> that means no contract. Yeah, <laughs> a year changes everything. Yeah. So how do you guys feel? MLS academies are helping the growth of U.S. soccer. <clears throat> you obviously coming from the Philly background, but. Besides, like, FC Dallas and LA Galaxy obviously has the top one as well, but there's not, not, I don't think every single MLS academy is producing top players or their academies are as good as the union. So how do you think these academies are important for us to grow as a country? I think it's really important, especially when you look at Philadelphia's academy, all the players that, you know, they're getting, like, opportunities uh, with, like, their youth national teams and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, Mm -hmm. Um, getting that exposure, I think. I remember it was like last year there was a, a youth national team camp or something and I heard that the union had like six or six to eight guys there or something like that. Um, and I think that's that's good exposure for them. Um, and you see like uh, guys coming from youth systems and, and getting opportunities with the first team and whatnot and then uh, European exposure coming from that too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it, it it really helps out. Like I, I have an example in mind is uh, Alfonso Davies from Vancouver. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, another Canadian. He he was on um, Vancouver's youth team. Got signed to the fir- uh, the first team, and now uh, he's signed to to Bayern uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, so I think it really helps out uh, giving them that exposure from so early in their in their career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and Santi was actually talking about this today. We were sitting back. Mm-hmm watching like the youth academy and it's like amazing that these kids can like you know come in in the morning have full-on training doing the same thing that their first students doing you know not missing a beat and then go to school and then come back and do the same thing yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and when you think about it like chris just said it like like you have a you you a 16 year old signed to Bayern munich 17 year old signed to Bayern mm-hmm. munich from like the system here like mm-hmm. it's that's insane to think about you mm-hmm. know like if you look at 20 years 10 years ago you know mm-hmm. someone would think you're crazy if you yeah. say something like I that I think it's gonna be a matter of time and you said it before that MLS academies didn't produce uh, enough players to be a, a you know a powerhouse yeah. yet but I mean because they ask, the, the MLS yeah. academies are uh, new it's, yes it's like yeah, yeah but like when I was 16 what what Four or five years ago, oh there was like yeah, there was, <laughs> yeah. there was only like, like six academies, bro. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's like six yeah. years later, you so, have to see that. Yeah, and I think they're they're working good. They're, at least the Philadelphia Union Academy is working very good with uh, very good professionals in the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, you look at Brendan too, for example. When he played with us last year, he was 16 years old, starting yeah. against Tampa. Yeah. Playing against yeah. Joe Cole mm-hmm. and Schaefer. Yeah, he, and has, he had an assist. I think exactly. to yeah. Seiko that game Seiko, too. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, 
I think he's committed to Indiana now, but and he's still playing uh, with you guys and he's balling. It, but this kid's it, getting called the U17. Exactly. Like, can you imagine being 16 playing against Joe Cole? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> How many games does he have already this year? Like what? 16? He hasn't even stepped in college. Right, like, imagine right, like right, us, like going right, into freshman year college. Right. Like your mindset was like, I gotta do this. And yeah. He's going in with you with yeah. plenty of minutes with yeah. a like, professional environment. The, the, he's been exposed to playing at a professional level, so. When you're exposed to playing at a professional level, you want that more. Yeah, you can't yeah. go so back. So now, now college is like, nah, nah, yeah. it's, it's like, I want yeah. more, I want more. So his drive now is, gonna, is more, that he, he yeah. wants to do more so that he gets recognized by potentially professional and, clubs. And that's going to push. gets signed homegrown. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's probably his option. Mm. If he decides not to go to Indiana or if mm. that's put in front of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's different. Now, not everybody who jumps in will do that well. Someone yeah. will jump in, do well, but they don't see themselves like that. They might go off to school. Yeah. Or others might just sink. Yeah. That's that's the realization. And that's the thing too with the college game. Like, I mean, me for example, there's we're the 13th best recruiting class coming in our freshman year, but I'm the only one still playing. We had three guys in the U17 mm-hmm. national team, and it's not that they're not capable because these guys are amazing still mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But it's the college system and yeah. the party and the lifestyle, the yeah. managing. Yeah. Some people just give up and just want to focus on their uh, education, yeah. get a degree and stuff. So it swallows you up, and if this is a question for you guys would you guys go back and do that same step going through the college system if you could go back and do it again I think in this time now yeah Yeah, this time right now (laughs) you back (laughs) would would you see him like with Brendan LA2 I don't know if you guys seen that Spanish kid who's balling at 15 (laughs) if you're them for example and you're 15 16 Mm -hmm. you pretty much have an idea that you can sign a professional you're contract. You're going to be okay. You're going yeah, to be okay. Yeah. If you're getting exposed mm-hmm. to that that early, you're going yeah, to be Yeah, no matter okay. what decision, yeah, you're yeah. going to no. be fine. But, but, yeah. but then again, you have to be that good at 15 or 16. Exactly. exactly. They're not just going to put you in because you're 15 or 16 mm-hmm. or yeah. 17. Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. have to be you have to be good enough to do it. Like, you know? That's true. Yeah. But I think personally, man, yeah. like, college, college helps a whole bunch. You know, yeah. just because you're still maturing like physically Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and college just is like a crash course on like athleticism and like speed of play it's like boom you gotta do it but yeah (laughs) yeah you're by yourself yeah you gotta eat you gotta do everything yeah it's a great teacher yeah Yeah. but this the setup now is so nice like i couldn't even imagine like yeah like five six years ago when we were when we were making that transition from like whatever academy or whatever we were to like high school to college like Academies teams weren't like this. You yeah, know? yeah, there yeah, wasn't yeah. that relationship. So like, but now it's all set up for them to, to be successful. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I you think, see yeah. the setup that they have at the union. Like, there's, there's like, yeah, there's the, nothing like it. There's, there's no, nothing like there's no, it. Yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah, no like, excuse. Like everything is there for them to do. It's yeah. perfect. So like when you were saying like you can have it. Yeah. What Marcus was saying earlier, like before, like when you can you can go to practice and then have school and then go back to practice again. Like it's all set up a schedule to help you be successful. Like. That's like when I went to Germany. Like I got to a chance to go to school and see how it was there, yeah. and that's exactly what they do. Uh, like they <clears> come <throat> in in the morning, they practice, mm-hmm. and then right after that, they go to their classes, and then mm-hmm. they come back and practice again. Mm-hmm. So it's it, getting two practices a day or whatever, how much it might be a week, uh, it, it helps them out a lot. Yeah, we're, just, we're trying to compete with the rest of the world. We need yeah, definitely exactly. need mm-hmm. that. Reps in it. It's all reps. Yeah, man. It's all reps. What do you guys think are some of the key issues with soccer in America? <sighs> For me, for example, I think the pay-to-play system has been hurting us for a while now. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm very fortunate that my parents had some money for me to play soccer, yeah. but one of my best friends back home, he's a single father, and he has a 
kid who's in middle school now, and I'm I'm talking to him on a daily basis. And he's he's like, I'm paying twenty five hundred a month yeah. for my son to travel. And he's a single father. He's all right, my yeah. age. And I'm like, nah, I could yeah. never do that. And so I feel like there's a bunch of you know not just minorities but people in general who are poor and they can't mm-hmm. afford soccer. They're like, oh, all right, well, like soccer is not an option. We're, we're yeah. missing a lot of talent for generations and generations. Yeah, yeah with this pay to play and I think that's been hurting us for a little while and we need to kind of change that big time with that maybe because the academies right now are limited Mm -hmm. in a certain way the moment soccer in this country is uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's That's very true true. (laughs) the moment uh, I, I think that the moment this uh, sport becomes more popular and more academies start to appear in, in towns and cities, I think the price will go down. Mm. Uh, yeah. And and I think everybody will have the opportunity to learn yeah. the sport. Right now I feel like it's in a delicate stage. Like like what they both like what you said and what Santi said, like mm-hmm. like right now pay to play, like when you when you look back like two years ago, like you you honestly to get any type of coaching you have to put up money, yep. you know. Yeah. There and then that type of coaching is still not enough. Nowhere right. near enough, right. you know. Right. And right now, soccer's getting its wave, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's on its wave. So I think it has to be handled delicately with that pay-to-play mm-hmm. and with coaching, you know. Mm-hmm. Young guys got to be exposed to environments like the union and environments mm-hmm. like these other academies mm-hmm. to boost the whole thing up, you know. And I think the problem has been that pay-to-play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's other factors and there's other benefits to that, you know. But... I think we'll see. piggybacking off you, coaching goes a long way. I used to coach a U12 boys team down in Richmond, and I'm coaching these. Well, obviously, I know the game of soccer a little bit, but I'm listening to all these other parents. A lot of parents coach soccer too. I know this is the parents, of yeah. course, but a lot of them is just volunteer work and they're not. They don't exactly. really know the game, so I'm listening to parents, and they're like, "Just toe poke it, yeah, just kick yeah, and yeah, run." Yeah, and, you, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> these kids now uh-huh. they're not mm-hmm. enjoying it." Uh-huh. And so they're just stopping. Almost yeah. every single person you know has played soccer when they're stop. Exactly. Yeah. And then they stop. That's, so I think like, that's statistically correct. It's the yeah. biggest, like the most like uh, played sport. It's like, like, like the most played sport out of any sport up until like yeah. the age of like ten. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Over yeah. basketball, over football, yep. and, that, and then yeah. they stop. Everyone's just stopping. You said the word. You said the volunteers. So <laughs> yeah, well, volunteers get paid. So mm-hmm. those kids are going to be, they're going to be more inclined to like they're going to get the better players, the ones who are obviously. Who can't afford it? Sorry, the right. better players is not the wrong word. But the kids who can't afford it, the volunteers will get them because exactly. they don't have to right. receive any payment. Right. Yeah. So it's under it's I, I understand that as well, and it's taken me a while to get my head around the whole system here because back home is you you like you pay for your boots. Right. That's, That's you pay it, for yeah. you pay yeah. for your boots because everything you jump in your you jump in your parents' car and then you're like you, yeah. you go to a game twenty minutes away, thirty minutes away. Yeah. So it's different. Like mm-hmm. I said, we we were so lucky regionally, mm-hmm. and then if you do have to travel for like we have a thing called an all. Ireland this is how small Ireland is but how good it is that we play throughout Ireland for a competition like you play each other every second week oh, you wow, know for wow. and a knockout competition wow. the two best teams throughout the country play Yay. in the final on, on a weekend in June right. like that's that's pretty sick right. it's always, yeah, yeah, it's always yeah, the yeah. two teams from that yeah. league more inclined yeah. but that's what more. propels like like a country like that for the soccer is going to exactly. be higher just yeah, because no, not at the moment or not but again yeah. that's, that's free there's not a cost yeah. in that yeah. you know it's not a cost and when we look at other sports like basketball football don't cost a dime don't cost a dime <laughs> go in there you know? mm-hmm. and also you know I feel like a lot of things that goes along with this 
you can't really find pickup soccer on a daily basis on nope, the streets. Nah. You find basketball, you find football, nah, you even find tennis. True. Like you find every other sport but soccer. Mm-hmm. And so these kids, when they go play with their friends, what sport are they gonna play? Yeah. Not soccer, and yeah. that you know the and popularity is just not there right now. And yeah. I think like we need to have more access. So even putting little goals on basketball courts because all you need is a ball yeah, yeah. and you can just yeah. use the same out of bounds lines and just play. You know, yeah. and it doesn't like, have to be as organized. Nah, exactly. nah, and the only time kids do get exposed to it is when it's organized you know yeah. like I bet if we go through like each one's experience like you had a lot of pickup in your life yeah. Right? Like, oh yeah a lot of pickup like me I was lucky to have a lot of pickup and that's what growths the love yeah. you know mm-hmm. not your coach telling you to do this your parents yeah. telling you to, it's you going out there with the ball and playing with guys oh, yeah. and that, that's how you yeah. build the love and it's, it's not that much yeah. here you go out yeah. in the morning with the ball and you come back at night yeah, with the exactly. ball and you yeah. don't know where you've been all day yeah. <laughs> no for real yeah, yeah. you just yeah. been chasing yeah. it you go home at 5 o'clock for dinner and then you go back out at 6 that's it and you should all day that was my academy yeah, yeah. To be exactly, exactly. That's what I, mean. I don't think that's happening no. throughout the world no. generation of people have changed people mm. are scared to let their kids go outside anywhere in the world yeah, exactly. no yeah, anywhere true. so true. like when I was growing up and I was ages ago we'd be out all day yeah, just, all yeah. day just banging balls <laughs> lights yeah. come on you gotta be inside yep, gotta be inside <laughs> <laughs> and if you're kicking a ball it's gotta be against this wall yep. because yeah. I can see it yeah <laughs> Yeah, but that's yeah. pretty much it. A lot of matches coming to play. Yeah. What kind of motivates you guys to keep following your dreams? Uh, I think a big thing for me is, uh, like, I put my, first of all, my, my mom put so much time and effort into me in order to get me, like, a pair of boots and mm-hmm. to, to play and whatnot. So, ha- like, partially what it is for me is just to repay her. Mm-hmm. Um, and to help her out and for her to see that all her time is mm-hmm. is, is being put to good use. Um, and then another thing that motivates me is just the the amount of love I have for it. And then uh, I see my, my friends doing it and being successful and that, that motivates me. Like guys that I played with all my life, they're being successful going off to different places right. and playing. So, and I know that I played at the same level as them and that, like, if they can do it, I can do it kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the same, the same as Nanko. And at the same, uh, at this point of my career, I'm in a situation that a lot of people uh, will do anything to be at. Yeah. And yeah, will give anything. Yeah. And most of my team is uh, back home, will change anything they're doing right now uh, to do what I'm doing. So... To give up right now and to don't keep to not keep growing, yeah, it's just it's, I can't I can't allow that to and happen. I remember so. we were talking to your boy out in Spain mm-hmm. in December, and yes. he's trying to come over here and play. And you know, it's different for me in my perspective. We want to go and play overseas in Europe uh-huh. because Europe's the top <laughs> quality. But he's trying to come here, and he's explaining to me how you guys sometimes don't get paid on mm-hmm. time. Yeah, the quality might be better, but in a lot mm-hmm. of little ways, a lot of Europeans want to come and play in America. Yeah, so, so. this player that you're talking about, the He's over there in a competitive level. He's mm-hmm. in the third tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a you know decent contract, but they don't pay him on time, and they they have to wait for a you know a, some, some money to come to the team, and yeah, and that's yeah. uh, that's not an ideal situation. Yeah, and, can't live like that, yeah. and right now uh, we are we can't complain mm-hmm. at all about that yeah. every you know every every, every other week yeah. we know we know we are gonna get yeah. paid yeah. and <laughs> so that's the tranquility that we yeah. we have and that's why we wanna keep keep growing obviously yeah. I say what motivates me you know obviously like how they both say you know the support that you've 
that you've had so far, you know, and, and I know another big motivator for me is that, you know, a lot of people never thought this is possible to even go this far, like, in Especially soccer. From Mississippi. Exactly. So <laughs> I want to show, like, people who come after me, like young kids who have that dream to play soccer that, man, you can do it mm-hmm. and you can go even further, you know, so... Mm-hmm. And there's no turning back at this point as much as we've invested and much as, you know, like our parents invested and how much you love the game. That's just what yeah. motivates me, you know, mm-hmm. just... We are committed now. Exactly. We can't stop. as far as you go. <laughs> we can't stop. What about for you, Chingy? This guy can't stop, for sure. <laughs> what motivates you? What motivates me? Is the love of the sport. I there's, think it's there's the... two things, really. I think it's, it's... I don't know anything else, truthfully, like... I, I left, I left after high school to come and play. I didn't get a degree. I didn't get anything like that. So it's all I know, you know. I'm still learning about the game, obviously. Like, I don't know. I think I've played the game since I was a kid. So I'm playing it, what, let's say I'm playing it since I'm four, since 27 years. I'd say I know 15% of the game, if even, you know. So people who are 60 and 70 who are coaching and who are older, they might know 80 or 90%. And then always even... Like pepping out the book game is evolving all the time. So So we don't know anything about the game. We know little bits, Mm -hmm. little bits, but we Mm -hmm. think we know this much when we only know that much. And then obviously my my old man who's not here. That's what motivates me most. Like it's just to to keep like because any time I'd play, he'd always be at me and at me and be like, "You don't go forward. You don't do this." Because he didn't understand the six roll. So just every time I play, I just I just want to enjoy it. Like and obviously I'm I'm coming to the end. However long left, I, yeah. I just want to play with a smile on my face. Definitely. That's what motivates me. Do you play with a smile on your face? That's the love. When I'm on your team, I'm okay. When I'm on team, that's what I got now. So what kind of makes this profession fulfilling for you guys? Sheesh, man, so many. I mean, I think I think it's like the love that the love that you get in return. Like when people see like mm-hmm. you doing what you love and everything like that. Like the like sometimes like especially when I got drafted, I got a bunch of messages like from from people I haven't talked to in yeah. years. And not that they're it's not like a bad thing that they're messaging me now. Like oh, just because they see me being successful, it's like okay, like. You were you you played a role in my life like in the past or whatever, and they 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 wanted to show me love at that particular moment, and I think like um, also just playing in front of a lot of kids and stuff like that, they look up to you and everything like that, and they show you a lot of love, and I think like just doing it for for the kids, entertaining people and everything like that, it's 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 a big factor for me. Yeah, yeah, man, it's just so many little factors, bro. Like completing a pass that you were trying to complete or yeah. that shot that you're. Yeah. It's so many rewards in this game, like like Chandler said, like like he's been playing for that long. He knows fifty. Like I know, I only know like five percent of the game, <laughs> and to, and you're still loving it this much, you know, to get this much enjoyment out of it. It's just like a, it's like a drug almost, man. Yeah. You just want to like yeah, keep yeah. playing. When you've been like, playing, yeah, when you've been playing for that long, like you yeah. just like every little every little thing it's counts. Beautiful, every little thing so so. Happy. But you know what the, I love the most about the, this sport mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh Fang. Listen to this. <laughs> I love road wins. That's the best. That's the most. That's the most. I won't lie though. My whole career, you know, even in college, we were the underdogs, so we were always on the road and stuff. And 
we were undefeated my senior year mm-hmm. and we're just going to different teams and busting them and killing them. So I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Sensations, that, uh, feelings yeah. that you get yeah. with the, in games that you don't get them. <laughs> you don't get away wins. Away wins don't feel as sweet in Europe. Like back home in uh, Ireland, when we won away from home, it's like yeah, that's a good win. But it's it's away from your home ground. It's not away. Two hours on a flight, no eight yeah, buses. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. When you're here and you stay overnight and you win, you that feeling when you come yeah. into the locker room. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I've only got the last three years since I've been mm. here. I think that's something that I'm gonna miss the most mm. is those road wins. Like yeah, when you come yeah. back in, you're hype as shit. Yeah. 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 Like like, <laughs> like tomorrow. <laughs> no, like one last thing though. The cult, like the culture that soccer has, like the people you meet. Oh yeah. yeah. And the culture, oh, like. Yeah. I was like having moments where like you'll be chilling like out like a little kid from Mississippi or from Spain mm-hmm. or trying to like we're sitting here chilling in a on a couch in Pittsburgh right like, yeah, yeah, all right. connecting right. over like soccer like, oh, right. all because of this little ball that yep. we love. Yeah. Yeah. you can yeah. never even imagine yeah. that when you're mm-hmm. younger so just wow. like that yeah. feeling That's alone crazy. is just like speaking, insane yeah. to me speaking man. of that just the other day like uh, I got this random email from some random person and like it was a it was an 18 year old kid saying he loved Bethlehem Steel mm-hmm. and everything and he's he's he lives in Illinois wow so I'm like, yeah crazy. he's like he's just saying like I love what you do Chris I'm a big fan like I and I love Bethlehem wow. Steel, and like, and he wanted me to send him send him an autograph. Wow. So yeah, like just wow. just that. Yeah, that's love. Like, and it's like the, well, it's not the only sport, obviously, yeah. but soccer is so worldwide. It's right. sort of intertwined right. into people that right. like mm-hmm. is one of the few places you can get yeah. that type of feeling right. out of anything. Yeah, and because like, yeah. your football and basketball is here. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's here. It's, it's, yeah. it's all here. Like, soccer is you know? so big, but yeah. like I think we all said, we all told a story today that. Involved uh, somebody that we knew that knows one of these exactly, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. like Santi's teammates played on right. my team in the combine. These guys know, right. like, like, like how is that? Like, Adam's throwing papers. Imagine yeah. when you looked at him, you throw papers. Did you ever think, like, in 20 some years, like, <laughs> he's gonna meet he's a, gonna a, a, a little black kid from Mississippi, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, stuff like that? Real, that's, that's kind of piggyback on what I was saying earlier with Santi. Like, I could never imagine having a friend out in Spain, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I was there for a week even before I met him. And I was doing the touristy stuff and it's cool, whatever. But when he, you know, just showed me around, showed me the authentic restaurants, bro, like that was uh, an experience that you can't even pay for. Just that's life, just man. life, that's and that's what this game is doing for us too. And like, I know if I can go overseas to Scotland, Ireland, visit you, like I know you're gonna show me love. And it's yeah, the same way sure. here. You know. When you guys travel to Maryland, DC, like yep. you know, I got you too. So like, that's what this game does worldwide, and it brings people together. So. Listen, I appreciate you guys coming on my show. It was an amazing time. It was great. It was great, man. Thank you to all my backyard footy listeners. Hit the subscribe button and follow along for the rest of the episodes coming out. I have a quick turnaround next week. I'm recording episode 12. And thank you. I can't thank you guys enough for on social media. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and show me love. It's really appreciated. So talk to you soon, footy fans. Hope you have a good one.